0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey,
1: everybody, it's Tony Robbins.
2: Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey,
1: this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw
3: podcast.
2: You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening
3: to and watching Hollywood Raw.
2: This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or... just have a great conversation on hollywood raw if they're on hollywood raw there's a reason from page six to tmz daily mail and people magazine everyone is talking about the hollywood raw podcast with dax holt and adam glenn
4: welcome to the hollywood raw podcast my name is adam glenn joined by my friend on the other side of the country dax holt how are you sir
5: I'm doing good right for this best of 2022 Hollywood Raw. Uh, you know, this has been a big year for us, dude. We have like looking back, actually, and looking at all the interviews that we've had. I was really kind of surprised, <laughs> like impressed with ourselves that we were able to land these great interviews, have so much cool in, um information come out i mean we had a really really cool year
4: yeah and we're gonna actually go through some of our best store our best interviews pretty much the year some of the guests that we came on that really they really like Meant something to us because it was just a really fun conversation. You know, most recently we're getting into someone, um, you know, ta- Talon's got to come on on this list because we just had an interview with Talon from Laguna Beach and we have a lot more, but Talon was just really interesting. But these are conversations like when we get done with the podcast, me and Dax call each other like, dude, that was really fun. And also mm-hmm. something that we, like, th- we take away something from the conversation. So uh, we're going to get to this list. Uh, Dax needs to uh, fix his Enrique Iglesias hat over there and <laughs> <laughs> dude how big was Enrique Iglesias back in the day like that one dude,
5: he was, was huge he was the biggest thing on the planet for like two years that, for sure for
4: that album like he was making like these awesome music videos and it was just really good what do I, I mean I know he's still a star but it's crazy like people kind of you don't hear about him as much as because he was just so big oh
5: he he him and Anna Kornikova they just kind of like got out of the spotlight. You don't even see pap photos of them anymore. Randomly, you'll see like a a photo of them like out on their boat. That's like cruising around the harbor. But that's it. They like don't go in public, which is really weird.
4: Yeah, it's weird. Isn't it weird that? I mean, you wonder what he had with his. He had to have and I'm just saying this allegedly, but he had to have some sort of issue with his hair because he always wore a hat. I mean, you would say that about anybody. Anybody who wears a hat has an issue with hair. But, like, I feel like with him it was something like he was very self-conscious about himself.
5: Look at look at us. Two dudes with great hair and we're both wearing hats. So, no.
4: It's <laughs> <laughs> in the morning. So, it's uh, – I actually was not going to wear a hat, but my hair is just too crazy for this episode. But uh, before we get to the top – not our top ten, or our our, um, our top episodes. Uh, How about
5: here? best moments of 2022? Okay,
4: our best moments of 2020, of 2022 – uh, we actually read your reviews live on air. The only thing you got to do is go to uh, Hollywood Raw Podcast, like on iTunes, go all the way to the bottom, say a few kind of words, five stars, and we'll actually read your reviews live on air. It's a way of just saying hi to you. Uh, Dax, do you have some reviews?
5: I do. All right. This one comes from Boxer Central. Five stars. Love you guys. Love the Greatest Encounters episode. Listen to every episode. Also follow your recommendations to other podcasts. You are very generous. Hope you get Tori. Thanks. Ann H. from Lubbock, Texas. Thanks, Anne. Very nice. It's not looking good for Tori, I gotta say. (laughs) We're closing out the year, still no Tori spelling. Even though we will take her, trust me, we still want her, but still
4: uh, want her. But I don't think we can afford her based on what she wants to come on. I mean, we didn't get to the money part, but they're like, "Yeah, we'll come on if you pay us." I'm like, "Oh, that's where you're at." Okay, I get it.
5: Yeah. So because we pull, we're not going to be having her on anytime soon. All right uh next one is from js9628 thank you five stars thank you for having an awesome day after thanksgiving episode i needed to get through my morning walk cheers to you both oh shit what do we do after thanksgiving Uh, oh we just had a wrap-up that's all it was it was a (laughs) holly it was a uh it was a top 10 but we pulled through and did it and a lot of people thought we wouldn't do it and we did it
4: oh yeah that was right
5: all right thank you for that And last one, (laughs) this one comes from Moonflower722. Gossip from people with industry experience. So happy I discovered you guys and the pod. Really love the dynamic and perspective given. Thank you, Moonflower um yes we are uh, two people in the industry that uh, well we've been in the industry for a really really long time um and so yeah it is kind of a, a different perspective than i think a lot of people can give because you know a lot of the entertainment podcasts out there people who just love entertainment we've worked in it and been immersed in it for so many years so we can kind of really give our perspective on what it's like to be in the game and uh kind of reveal that fourth wall for you
4: yeah we've been we're we're fans of it but we're also doing stories like for example we just broke the story that Dua Lipa and jack harlow are dating that's a big yes uh but you can find that you know we kind of post about in our private facebook group off the record um it's just you know you go on facebook and we got to allow you in um you got to answer a few questions but it's a really cool group where we so I've talked to you guys you guys talk to each other it's just kind of like a fun little group where we could all stay in the in the loop because there's just so much news going on and the, the industry's always changing so it's good for all of us to kind of stay accountable <laughs> with yep. each other if we're all gonna be really into this business it's like okay let's hold each other accountable uh, and um, post about random celebrity Hollywood stuff okay now let's get into our top moments of 2022 on the Hollywood Raw podcast Dax, what's your first one that you want to start off that? A fair so I was
5: gonna. So Adam, I'm gonna switch it up on you. I was gonna go down the list. I'm gonna go up the list, okay. Because I think some of these older episodes, people that are new to the podcast, they probably don't even know about, okay? Like. I don't know if people know that we had Gilbert Godfrey on before he passed away. Like we were one of his last episodes, last interviews that he had with a podcast before his passing. And so I want to bring up this uh, Gilbert Godfrey interview. You know, what was interesting is we actually reached out to uh, Gilbert to come on to talk about Bob Saget's death. We were like, this is your buddy. Please come on. Let's give him kind of like... That honor of, uh, you know, the moment where we talk about who he was and his acting career and how much he led into comedy. And little did we know that this would be Gilbert's last interview with us. Um, This was it was a special moment, I would say, wouldn't you?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing you look back like, man, that was kind of. I had a relationship with Gilbert, Gilbert and his wife, like I became very you know close with and Gilbert was just like the nicest guy and he came on our podcast and um, it was my last conversation that I had with him Um, it's sad I mean it's kind of wild that that was my last conversation with him but Gilbert to me was always one of those guys looking back that he was nice like when the camera's on he would turn into Gilbert Godfrey but when the camera's Mm -hmm. off he was just like a very shy type person Um, awkward but like fun awkward but mm-hmm. warm, nice, normal, good to people, nice to the fans. But this was, you know, Gilbert. Someone who he can- the last ten years, and this was my last conversation with him.
5: And he jumped on. What was it? The day after Bob had I passed.
4: It was the morning. I think we found like, out that like it was so fast.
5: He I, he was just like, "Yep, coming it, on."
4: Yeah, we we reached out. Was, I think it was again. I'm trying to look back because this was a while back. But I think it was like a Monday morning. We woke woke, woke up to Gilbert. Uh, to Bob Saget passing away, and then we reach out to Gilbert, and Gilbert's like, yeah, I'll come on and tell some Bob Saget stories, and, and and he came on without hesitation, and it was so nice, and it was actually, like, cool to, like, talk to Gilbert, like, the real Gilbert, like, the guy who he was when the cameras are off, like, he wasn't there trying to be funny, it was just him being Gilbert, and the guy was a comedy historian, he's been around for so long, and he's so well-loved by his peers, so it was, like, just a fun talk with him.
5: All right, let's listen to what he had to say about Bob Saget. What was his demeanor like when you guys chatted by the way?
6: Ah, uh, he was the same guy he's always been. You know, he was uh and 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 it's like he was looking forward to uh going back on the road. And yeah. but yeah, same guy. Yeah, uh, you know, always uh cracking jokes and uh like I said, the minute either one of us started talking seriously, we'd come in with a totally bad taste joke to kill it. uh...
5: Man, that's sad. Sad, sad looking back now, you know, knowing like what we didn't know at that time.
4: Yeah. But uh, again, it was really I, you know, it just hit me now. Like, man, that was my last conversation with this guy who I've gotten to know for a long time. And but I'm still friends with his wife. But uh, and she's like in good spirits. But yeah, it's just my last conversation with Gilbert and he was he was a friend. He was a bud, he was cool. All right, moving on, uh my here's a person that came on this podcast and blew me away. Uh Suzanne Summers.
5: Oh, um, that was such a good interview. She
4: came on and like I had to do some research on her and she was just so fun. She looks great by the way. So fun, so cool, so full of energy. And she came on at the beginning of the conversation, she was just like she knew what she was doing. It was like, man, she should be a public speaker because she just kind of went on a rant. I was like, oh, she said this, like, speech for a while. But then we just started talking, and I mean, we got into the thigh master which she was, like, the infomercial queen. And she developed this Thighmaster, which, you know, if you're um, an 80s, 90s kid, I mean, you saw all the time this Thighmaster. It was this very kind of plain product where it just bent in half. It was just like a – it was almost like a scissor type thing that kind of bent. And she revealed to, mu- to us how much money she made on this. And she also talked about like her sex life at her old age. Like she's like, yeah, me and my husband, like, you know, we- we're still going away. And I mean, lucky him, because she's just fun. She's cool. She, she-, uh, she was
3: so
5: she was so good. She, I, she definitely surprised me. I did not know what kind of interview we would get. You know, diving deep into why she was fired from 3 company. The you know just difference between how men were paid back then versus how women were paid that has extended up until this point um and how she was really fighting for that i mean just a fan fantastic interview uh what i do want let, to let's listen to her talking about how like we're questioning her about how much she's made off master, and this quote right here Got picked up by everyone. Everyone loved the fact that we got out. How much she's made off the thigh master? So let's listen to that part. Is my favorite. How much do you think the thigh master alone, though? Because you have so many businesses, but mm-hmm. how much do you think the thigh master alone ha- has put into your pocket over the last what is it? Thirty years.
2: Well, I grew up poor, and um, I live a good life. And, um, what would you, can you answer that question, Ellen? He wants to know how much money we've made.
5: <laughs> I'm just on the thigh master, not on everything. No, I don't want to know. Everybody. I'm just curious <laughs> on that one product yeah. because it is so famous and so
2: well, popular. it's 19, 1995 times 10 million. So kind of do the math, you know, and, and we're probably at 15 million now. Wow! I know, I know all because of a pair our- of Manolo Blahnik shoes. <laughs> and do you do you
5: own that outright? Like outright the patent, yeah. everything. We had
2: we had partners 50-50 and they got drunk on money when they all started selling and they they overspent to the point where they could no longer afford to be in their side of the business. So we bought them out and we have a hundred percent.
5: You know, you know how much nineteen ninety five times fifteen million is.
2: I don't. I don't. Did you just do it? I just <laughs> did it.
5: It's a lot of zeros. It's <laughs> two hundred and ninety nine million two hundred
2: and fifty thousand. Yeah, that but I spent lo- a lot.
5: <laughs> three hundred, almost three hundred million dollars off of that machine. Unbelievable, and it's like such a silly little, like piece of metal wrapped in foam, like. It probably cost, I, I don't know, like 10 cents to make. Yeah. And she made almost $300 million off of it.
4: People still buy it today. I think it's one of those things where as an entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneur is like the hot term you see on Instagram, TikTok. Everyone's an entrepreneur. But I don't think we put Suzanne Summers in that conversation more that she's just such a successful business person. She made smart moves and she did very well. You know, she she's very influential in a way. Also, looking back, it's just like, here's a conversation with a woman who's a little bit older, still looks great, but she was so honest and so cool about it and made me a fan. Even, mm-hmm. it, I mean, not like I wasn't a fan before, but now I'm like, man, she's awesome. And she just won a lot of people over. Um,
5: All right, Dex, what do you all think? Right. You have someone else? I, I, I got to throw one name into the hat which was again, another very surprising interview for us. I didn't know what I was going to get from this guy. uh, But Drake Bell, Drake Bell came on to our podcast. And this was like immediately after Josh Peck's interview with Barstool. And Josh kind of like, just talked a lot of crap on Drake Bell and their friendship and what went south and all kinds of stuff. And Drake came on to kind of share his perspective of their friendship and what how he felt like it fell apart and basically said everything that josh said on that interview with Barstool was not accurate and um it again great interview and that interview was one of our top interviews for the year just because i think how honest and open he was
4: yeah he was it was right off that Josh peck talked about him and there was no like we could ask him about anything um and he was very open about it and i also yeah he
5: he he said there's no no rules right
0: yeah so i remember
5: correctly he said like there's nothing off limits you can ask me anything like and we're like anything he said yep
4: yeah so he kind of went in on this stuff and he was he was cool he was nice and it was just kind of cool to kind of kind of look back at you know you know dax and i mean you we both covered him for so long we covered this whole situation and then when it's like we kind of go back and and just kind of talk about from both sides like from our point of view to his point of view it's just a very good kind of conversation let's check it out
5: Well, let, let's get into this josh peck interview he did with bffs you know obviously he said a lot of stuff i'm just i i want to hear from you because to me it sounded like josh had a lot of animosity and it seems like he had up aggression about this whole wedding event and you texting I mean, him and saying that, you know, I wasn't invited. I was that, invited. everything he said, was that actually an accurate depiction of what happened? No.
4: Actually, Drake, before you even begin, this is what Josh, according to Josh, he claims that you went to social creating chaos and did a press tour on how heartbroken uh, you were about not being invited to his wedding. He said you created a narrative that was, uh, he said you created a narrative that was that wasn't true. According to Josh, a month later, you guys ran into each other at the VMAs and he made a beeline to you and said he went up to you. Josh no, he, to you
0: and said, go apologize to my wife. Uh, is this story true? You know, it's interesting because, for, well, first off, I, I never texted him cursing him out the night of his wedding because I didn't know that there was a wedding. Uh, until he posted about it the next day, and that's where I—that's when I got bummed. And I didn't even realize that it was a. Uh, well, now is that I did grandfather right before his wedding.
5: was oh. grandfather? Is that something? That, that, he, was, is- that was his
0: show that he did with uh, John Smith. Oh. Yeah. yeah oh, okay.
5: Okay. Yeah. Got gotcha. you.
0: Um, which is funny. I auditioned for, by the way. <laughs> um, so when Josh got it, I was like, oh no way. Yeah. We um, were like yeah. Uh but
5: uh So you actually did see him cuz he made it sound like you guys hadn't seen each other in like 10 years since you wrapped the show. So you're saying no that's not true. You guys did see each other pretty recently? All the
0: time. All the time.
2: He's been he's been over here multiple times. We only have lived here in the last 6 years. Yeah.
0: But but no no no. We we've we, we, we hung out a lot. We it you know and and yeah. but obviously obviously you know we have had ups and downs and off, you know, times where we spend a lot of time together and then mm-hmm. times where we don't see each other for a long time. Um, but not this whole we didn't see each other. And, and you know, he says that I went on a like a Twitter rant and I started tweeting all these tweets. It was one tweet.
5: So there you go. He, he is basically claiming that uh, Josh Peck lied about the whole wedding situation, that uh, he never cursed him out, that he didn't even know about the wedding until the day it happened. So all those stories you saw out there... According to Drake, we're false. Okay, let's right. move on.
4: This person on the podcast was someone who ah, um, we wanted, when we first said we like wanted to do the podcast, for some reason, I don't wanna to talk to this guy. Not because you're obsessed with him. It's because <laughs> <I don't, laughs> it's someone who I, I just thought could be interesting. And it's only interesting because you know we did a concert a year and a half ago now of with, with the band O-Town. And they didn't have the best things to say about Ashley Parker Angel. Now, Ashley Parker Angel is not with the group anymore. But we just wanted to hear from his side. Because the band, I feel like some of the guys had some good things to say about him. And the other guys didn't. Um, And I just wanted to hear his point of view. And you see him on social media where he takes these random photos of his body. Where it's just like, dude, what are you doing with this? So, it was just good to kind of have this conversation. And I have to say, I mean... Let's play the clip and then we're going to talk about this.
5: Well, which clip do you want to play? Because we got a lot from Ashley Parker let's Angel. Do you want to talk him why, talking about talk about why they the split. beef? Yeah. Okay. All right. And keep in mind, he has never talked about this before in any interview. Somehow, we were able to get the interview of Ashley Parker Angel talking about the breakup from O Town for the very first time, and here it is. We did ask the guys because we had the opportunity to talk to them at Sweetstock if they thought you regretted leaving the band or, you know, if you'd ever want to come back and I want to hear what your answer is first. And then I'm going to play you what they said.
7: Wow. I love that. Um, Yeah. I think my feeling was that um, everybody got exactly what they wanted and it was really positive at the time uh, in terms of they they reached out to me, of course, and that's the right thing to do. Hey, we're going to get back together as O Town. You know, where are you at with all of this? And um, a dream of mine was also to do musical theater on Broadway. In fact, before I even fell backwards into a singing career, I thought that's where I was going to go. I thought I was going to go straight to a musical theater in Broadway. And so I just explained that, and um, and they were and you know they understood, but. Uh, I would tell you since then things have transpired where, you know, there has been there have been some absolutely vicious attacks um, publicly against my character as a person. And with one with this one member of the band who has not taken it well and has decided to also. Be pretty nasty at times, and I never went there. Like for me, again, sometimes when you're in a band, there's the PR face that you put on. Yeah, we're all brothers. This is fun. This is exciting. That you know. But then from behind the scenes, if you've ever talked, you talk to bands, you talk to groups. There's a lot of inner drama between band members a lot of the time, and I always tried to take the high road from that, and never. Really, in fact, I've never talked about it publicly. This is the first time I've ever talked about it. Um. And there were some really vicious attacks on the internet um, attacking my character and fans were reaching out going like, what's going on? Like, what is this all about? Um, And I won't even get into what it was about. It was a lot of personal stuff that was going on in my family at the time. And uh, so, I mean, to answer your question, like I always, I always wanted to celebrate that part of my past in a very fun way, but I wouldn't say I regretted my decision because I felt like, you know, I got a chance to play my dream role on Broadway, but for me, life is long. I think, in, I think in big picture. I'm not thinking, I'm thinking next several years, you know, next five years, 10 years, you think of a band, you think of the Saved by the Bell reunion. How many years ago was that? And now they're all back together celebrating it. So I thought it would be fun to just keep it open. You know, hey, maybe this will happen someday and maybe it will be awesome, but I don't regret the decision I made at the time.
4: Now, Dax, you don't have to pick a side, but... If you have to pick a side whose side are you on right now are you on the o-town side where the guys who are against ashley or are you on ashley's side saying hey this"? it is wasn't
5: all on. the guys it wasn't all the guys it was, it was really guys. kind of one of the guys i think and i think it was eric that didn't he, really love ashley but i am here's the thing after doing the interview with o-town and doing the interview with ashley parker parker angel I kind of love all of them. They have been some of the coolest, most down to earth dudes we have talked to. I think they genuinely enjoy, um, you know, the the fame and performing in front of people and their fans. I really like all of them. So I it's hard to choose. A, I don't want to choose a side. I like all of them.
4: Yeah, i I will say this. After talking to Ashley, like I understood his side. He's like, I did it. Now I'm trying to move on. You know, he's in a different part of his life. He's in, uh, you know, he's doing something different. He's not really in the music industry per se anymore. So Mm -hmm. I get it. Like it's, he doesn't want to go back to that chapter. With that said, I feel like he still has like love for those guys. And like, I think he was open to like, Hey, I'll do like a show with you guys, but I don't really want to kind of keep going around. Like my interests are, are, are some are just different.
5: So I want to, I want to add in one more clip that I thought was pretty funny was you asking him the meaning of Liquid Dream, which was that really famous song that everyone was like, wow, this is the creepiest, like, I I don't know, sexually infused song ever. But, like, they never talked about the actual meaning of it. And Ashley did for us. So here here that one is. What the fuck is a Liquid Dream?
7: Woo! The question of all time. What is a Liquid Dream? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean instantly my
5: mind goes to a wet dream but i don't know if that's actually intended or if it was just put out i'm gonna there i'm reason. gonna
7: give the answer um i'm gonna reveal it on my instagram when i launch OnlyFans. i'm gonna get t- <laughs> what liquid dream thing. um no you know you want the well, the pr answer was it's the perfect girl that can morph like liquid into Janet Jackson and Britney Spears, and she's the perfect combination of all those things. That was the PR answer. And then you look at the lyrics and you read it and you think, we're singing this song to like 13-year-old kids. Um, I-, I always say like Liquid Dreams was the original, was the original wet ass pussy. I think. I think "Liquid Dreams" was the original WAP. Um, the 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 line has been pushed even further now, but it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that we were singing "Liquid Dreams." I mean, I think people obviously know what it's about, right? Like, and we're singing this like pop song about "Liquid Dreams" uh, to these young kids. Um, it was it was awkward even at the time we were in it because it was. I meant to be provocative of course. So
5: <laughs> there you go. It is a full wet dream is what I got out of that.
4: <laughs> I get it. Fun song. In fact, it's funny when you have 10-year-old kids singing that song and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um just uh, is that a weird clip? <laughs>
5: <laughs> it is a weird clip, but uh, let's go with it.
4: <laughs> okay, so go. Like, wait, what am I talking about? Uh yeah, but it's uh fun conversation with Ashley Parker Angel now I just want to go into one other person next because I know I, I just said talking about Ashley Parker Angel I want to bring up Kyle Cook from Summer House you
5: love Summer House I love you Summer uh, House. guys you should have seen how excited Adam was behind the scenes when Kyle said yes I'll come on like Adam was like a, a giddy little schoolgirl texting me oh, we got Kyle we got Kyle and I'm like Cool, bro.
4: It's <laughs> all about New York. I obsess about the show. I think it's so – I love the real world. So this show is so – it's not the world, but it's the closest thing I have to the real world. And Kyle's one of those guys who I just – I kind of trolled on social media for the longest time. And then finally, I was begging. him. I was like, dude, you got to come on the podcast. Everyone knows I troll you. You got to come on the podcast. And he actually came on the podcast. I think he did it from, like, Europe, too. Like, he was in, yep. he was, like, in, like – Denmark where at the was time. He, I don't know. Yeah, he,
5: he was somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember where he was, but yeah, he was somewhere in Europe. Yeah,
4: he was somewhere in Europe and came on the podcast, and I got to fanboy and ask all my favorite questions, like everything that I was curious about this. Everything I was like, I want to ask a Summerhouse castmate from everything. Uh, from, I yeah.
5: No, I was going to just say that the the thing that I found the most interesting, again, I don't watch Summer House, so I was more of a spectator watching Adam school uh, fangirl uh, off of Kyle. But I did like the questions about him and Amanda's wedding. And like, I thought for sure Bravo would have paid some some amount to them to publicize and televise their wedding. And he said that, no that bravo didn't give us a single dollar for our wedding so i want to i want to play that clip for everyone because i thought that was one of the most interesting things uh, in that episode so so then she says yes and then i got to imagine bravo's like yes cha-ching do they help pay for a wedding because this i mean two of their stars are getting together like is this is this something they go we'll chip in on
1: i mean look um i would love to say yes but I mean, maybe I should have just negotiated it harder, but we also wanted to have control. Like the second Bravo's paying for your wedding, guess what? It's a Bravo production. So we were adamant that, um, look, we will give you access. We will let you film, but you need to be flies on the wall. And really the only way to guarantee that was we covered every single penny. We didn't get a single dollar from Bravo. Um in, in, in fact, it probably cost us more money <laughs> to, to, to do the damn thing because just of some of the challenges. All right, I, I don't know. I love that. I just thought it was
5: really, really fascinating.
4: Yeah, and, there, and there's one other part too I want to bring up. It's He had a very public feud with Hannah Berner. Mm-hmm. Hannah's now a podcast, but she was on Summer House. She's a podcaster now, but she was on Summer House for a while.
5: And she and, has been a guest on our show
4: too. Yeah, she's been a guest on our show, and they just – don't get along they were not they're very publicly bashing heads so I wanted to ask him like basically do you still you know you're in New York City you're both there you kind of both run in the same circles do you ever still run into Hannah do you ever run into Hannah still
1: I'm not like literally never bumped into her, never um, into her. is her
4: she wasn't at your wedding correct no <laughs> no so is it awkward like the man to have any relationship with her?
1: No, I mean, look, it's unfortunate. Like when someone, you know, look, I actually ended the summer, you know, where I thought, I thought we were actually in a good place season five when, when the cameras went down and, you know, she had, uh, you know, a tough summer. And I think she was when things started to air, that's when things started to spiral and i I think she thought we were all like plotting against her i mean she went on like dozens of podcasts and said just that 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 we were like there was like this group mentality and we were all up against i'm like hannah we were all dealing with our own lives our own sources of stress like she just got in her own head and it's it's kind of unfortunate i really liked hannah but like things went to a very dark place all right uh, kyle was great
5: um big thanks to him for coming on mostly to you know let you experience your man crush in person all right i want to get to someone who we had on a little more recently someone that also blew my mind with how they just they don't care anymore and they love just talking and not worried about you know mtv coming after them or repercussions or just here's the truth here's how it is and that was talentorero. We had him a couple weeks back. And what a phenomenal, phenomenal guest. What a phenomenal interview. Um, I loved how he just spoke about everything without, you know, censoring himself. And that makes for the best podcast guest you could possibly ask for. But him getting into how much MTV paid them back in the day, which could be something that I feel like is almost embarrassing for people to talk about. Like, I don't want to say how much I made. And he just said it out there and said, look, and I feel like they used us. They used us and took advantage of us, I think was his actual terminology. But let's get into how much MTV paid talent.
8: Did MTV pay well? No, not at all. Um, You know, I I mean, like most reality shows, it was like, you know, I think the first season we got twenty five hundred bucks. Um, For each episode or
4: for the – wait, $2,500 each episode for the the season? No.
8: Are you serious? I think think the second season I made like eight grand. Um, What? Dude, in high school, I thought I was king of the fucking world. Like I thought I had hit the jackpot. Now obviously looking back, I feel like, oh my god, we were so taken advantage of. But like we – we straight up thought we were kings of the world. Like, I would show up at a high school party with a keg and I thought I was the man. And I was like, I could never run out of money. But yeah, dude, like they completely just took advantage. I think, I think things like that, when I look back, make me a little disappointed with the production. Um, you know, you know that we're kids and you know that, like, you know, most day rates are what, like a thousand bucks or something. I don't even know what the day rates are for SAG anymore. But like, you kind of have to like, I feel like I personally, if I was a producer or a network of a show would be hard for me not to incentivize these kids, even if I paid them after the show came out and it was successful, like I would have a hard time with myself knowing that I paid these kids 2,500
5: bucks. $2,500 is nothing, nothing for MTV. Not only that for a season two to be $8,000. That's crazy. I loved it. This is such a good interview. They're
4: probably just like, yeah, these are rich kids. They really don't need the money.
5: Yeah. What was your favorite part of this episode?
4: Well, there was two parts. I'm going to – the one was just – and I pretty much knew it. I just wanted to make sure. Like I – you know, they would have these parties, and there's all cups. But you're in high school. You kind of dabble a little bit. Mm -hmm. Are you actually drinking, or are you just drinking out of red cups? And um, he talks about – and listen, there's nothing – Is it illegal? Yes. Do people...
5: (laughs) There's nothing... Yes, there is something wrong, Adam.
4: (laughs) Yeah, but listen, they are kids in high school and they're living their life and I understand that as long as they're doing it the safest way possible, I
5: guess. I think it was more shocking that MTV literally just turned a blind eye on them. But whatever. I mean, I'm not... I'm not surprised by the comments here. Here's Talon talking about
8: it. I, I think what's funny looking back is like, dude, when we're using red solo cups on that show, like we're drinking alcohol, like high school kids drink alcohol, but like, unfortunately, most of my parties were on television and I was like, I'm not going to let you guys ruin my good time. Right. So I would still, you know, we would all drink from those red solo cups as you saw. Um, so technically, like, that's super legal, right? Like, showing underage <laughs> kids on national television.
4: Yeah, but, so how does that – so going back to that, though, does MTV say something to you guys? Like, hey, listen, like, we really can't – like, how does that – how do like they do tell. that?
8: They did, they, they, yeah. they, had they, – you know, they had – I mean, legally, you know, they get in a lot of trouble, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. it, was, it was never supplied. It wasn't like – you know, like, most reality shows, they supply shitloads of alcohol, so these people get fucked up and do dumb yeah. shit like it was never supplied. They would get super busted. It was, I mean, in, in all honesty, like we would save up our money and go buy it at like the local liquor store with like our one buddy who had like a mustache would like buy it. With his <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like we thought we were kings of the world, like with like Mickey's Malt Forties or whatever it was. But um, you know, we we they had to like you know they have to turn a blind eye. They, I, do I think they probably knew we were drinking? I mean, they were in high school too at one point, but. They didn't like go around and check our freaking drinks or sniff them or like you know you get what I'm saying like there was never any sort of like check.
5: Dude, he was great, and for for anyone um, who wouldn't know, but basically, as we were you know talking with Talon that day. Adam and I were literally texting each other being like, oh, my God, this episode is so good. Oh, my God, this episode is so good. That's how much we enjoyed uh, this talk with talent. All right. Let's move on to someone.
4: Well, before we what? say this, we, you know, the cool part is when the cameras went off, you know, we, we were talking to talent. I thought it was really just nice. And he really enjoyed the conversation. I think he's at a point in his life where he's able to look back and be like, man, that was cool because he never talks about stuff like this, you know, and it's only recent yeah. that he kind of really addressed this time in his life. And he looked back. I was like, you know what? I I was kind of embarrassed by it. But now I'm like, you know what? I did do some cool things. So it was just a fun conversation.
5: It was really fun. All right. I want to move on to someone who was more fun than I could have ever imagined. And that was Kato Kalen. Kato Kalen came on like a ball full of energy. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know Kato more than like. The O.J. Simpson trial guy like I, I I'd never talked to him. I'd had never had really any action. I'd never had any interaction with him. Um, and he came on and he was just so fun and like wild and enthusiastic. And you could tell he like was excited to be on the podcast. Um, but once we dove in, there were so many more layers to him that I didn't know about. And that's what I liked about this interview. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite moment was when we talked about him still owning the key to the guest house at OJ Simpsons. For me, this was a huge story and a lot of websites did pick it up. um, Just because this is a piece of history. He has it like in a safety deposit box labeled the key. Um, But I didn't know that I had never seen any stories about it. I don't think he realized that he hadn't really told anyone about it. Um, But here's, Kato kind of revealing that moment to us.
6: I still have the guest house key and we're going to auction that off. You oh, guys. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, I, I have, not cool, I but the cool. And key. it's, it's like yeah, a I weird the, piece
5: of memorabilia. I have,
6: yeah, exactly. I've, I've had this house guest key. I offered it to Larry King and uh, Larry didn't want it. Uh, the late Larry King was great. Okay. So Kato,
5: where is the key to OJ's guest house right this moment?
6: Where do you have uh, it? I I already told people where I live. I shouldn't say. I I, I, I have a safety safety deposit box And a safety, safety deposit, deposit box at, at
5: at a bank. And is it is it labeled like OJ's guest house key?
6: Well, I I put the uh, uh, label on. It's just the uh, the key. But yeah, it's uh, oh, it's the key. You know, and I also thought a good idea, Adam and uh, Dax is uh, you know why not. Make some copies too. <laughs> so, right. I think, I think, I, you know, I'm on that, that I've got that key app where I can get a key made at any uh, Lowe's and Home Depot. So you know, there's different ways to go to do it. That's, that's it. I even think that maybe even my house key where I live now, that might go for more or less.
5: <laughs> I loved him. And since then, we've been a guest on his podcast. I mean, he's just, he's a fun dude.
4: Yeah. Um, fun cool uh just he he's a legend just because the story was so legendary i mean i'm still obsessed yep. with the oj simpsons trial so it's just cool to have a conversation with someone who's just in the thick of it during that i mean he became a star during it and now he's become a character it.
5: question would you say because it came from a trial do you say Cato is famous or Cato is infamous because it was associated with a trial.
4: <sighs> that's, yeah. Um, here's what I would say. I would say Cato is someone who, like, was one of the most well-likable people, and that's mm-hmm. why he was so well-connected. I mean, people loved Cato. I mean, he talked about Chris Jenner in this interview, and he talked about his relationship with. Like running into chris jenner and like how it was like it's just he was one of those guys who's in the hollywood circle and he became like the friend to stars like they just loved having yep. him around so i think that was just kind of fun to hear for to hear that all right now we're going to a part of the podcast that is sort of like the thick of it you know we have our podcast we have a lot of celebrities on we also have a lot of people that are in the business but we have mm-hmm. the people that are somewhat the backbone of the Hollywood industry. Those are the paparazzi, the journalists, uh, street journalists, the paparazzi, street journalists, videographers, of field producers, field producers of uh, Hollywood. And it, these guys have the best stories. We're the only podcast that actually gives these guys a microphone, let some guys talk, let these guys talk because you know these are the real reporters. They're the ones on the ground floor when stuff goes down. So you know, once a month or so, we have one of these guys on to tell some of their stories. And we had some guys on that told amazing stories. Like we had this guy, Bobby Ratchboot on recently, who he is the king of the setup shots. He's the one who's been doing setup shots for a while and kind of his industry changed where he was a paparazzi. But now he's the guy where the celebrities call to, hey, get me walking out of Dwayne Reed showing off coconut water. You know, have me showing off my fashion. So it's good to hear Bobby talk about, um, you know, what photos he did that pulled in over $100,000.
5: I love this. This was such a fascinating look of what photos he's gotten over his career that it pulled in six figures. All right, let's listen to him talk about it. I've,
3: I've got three pictures that, that were uh, six-figure pictures. One of them was I was a staff photographer at the time, and uh, – I was sent to Oregon and an English soccer player, a certain English soccer player was there and he was kind of notorious for liking to be with strippers and, and you know, those type of girls. Okay. <laughs> and, although he was married and he was at a point where...
5: Wait, did this, this photo, sh- sh- these photos not ever come out? Is that why you're not talking about him?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay, okay. All right, Bobby, what were the other two photos that hit over six figures?
3: The the Harry and Meghan actually did. Really? It was during lockdown. There was nothing going on anywhere else in the world. And this, you know, the, the English press is absolutely obsessed with them. The third photo is... Ben and Jen back together for the first time.
4: Wow. Mm.
5: So and how does that end? Was, shut was that the one where is that her his house or her house in L.A. or something?
3: It was a really crappy, dark shit set of pictures to be quite honest. But it was the first time they they held hands and walked into a hotel for for a dinner.
5: Dude, Bobby was great, um, but not to be outdone. By another friend of ours, a friend of the show, Jesse Rowe, who is a a field producer for TMZ for many, many years. And he had this fascinating firsthand account of watching Amber Heard come out of court the day that she had that bruise on her face. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, conversation over whether or not the bruise was real, whether it was faked, whether any of that But listening to someone who was actually standing there, who was seeing it firsthand, who knew all the inside details about how they found out she was going to be there, all of it came from Jesse Rose. I want to listen to him talk about Amber Heard because I loved it.
4: Yeah, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp was probably one of the biggest court cases of the year. So let's hear from Jesse.
5: He was he basically instructed a uh, a field reporter or a, a field producer and a guy with a camera which was you to be
9: outside the courthouse for when amber heard exited correct yes that is that is definitely correct and it it goes deeper than that but um he uh So you tell me from your perspective what that day was like, that you were called and
5: said Amber Heard is going to be at the courthouse. What
9: went went down? Give me the whole rundown of the day. So, yeah, I was sent to the courthouse and there was I think it was probably noon, I think, because I think I think she filed her TRO in the early afternoon, like when court opened up at like 1 p.m. But I had to get there at like noon, so I was waiting around for you know a few hours, and you know media starts showing up. I was one of the early ones there, and media starts showing up, and it's it goes. I, I assumed that nobody knew uh, that that she was there, but then all of a sudden, um, you know, CNN and Fox News and and NBC and all these organizations, and then you know all the all the paparazzi agencies start showing up. So and literally it's everyone like, had gotten wind of it as for somehow or at some point 40 people like 40 to 50 news reporters you could probably see it in the uh in the video from that day maybe 30 maybe i'm exaggerating but around there 30 to 40 <clears throat> um, and everybody knew to stand at a certain spot outside the door because it was it was clear that it was circulating that there was a bruise on the right side of amber's face and so in in my video, and I'm I'm standing on the right side because I don't want to be I don't want to miss it. Um, but it was it was chaos. All the I, w- I was getting pushed around by media because they were so adamant about getting the shot of the right side of her face. And but everyone knew this. Every it's it just generally seemed I can't say yet one way or the other whether everybody knew that she was going to have a bruise but it was like everybody wanted to stand on the right side and um that's and you know, she walked out she walks out and the cameras are all sort of after they're standing on the right they start to circle around her a little bit and she stops and kind of starts like doing a 180 a little bit just so everybody can can see it and i personally okay, stop, stop. didn't
5: Do you think Amber knew everyone was outside the courthouse before she
9: exited the courthouse? Yes, I I, I think that she was aware.
5: All right, so there is no way that we are going to be able to finish our best of in one episode. I'm realizing that now. There is still... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven, eight more people that I want to talk about before this episode is over. So we're gonna have to split this into two. I am sorry. Um, what we'll do is uh, we'll just pick this up for our next episode and keep going down the list. We'll just have a best of 2022. Part two. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> because there's uh, going back and looking through this year. Again, so many good things that I feel like we'd be doing uh, our audience a disservice by ending it now just because we're out of time. So let's make a part two. um, And we'll, uh, we'll we'll post that here in a couple days. How's that sound, Adam?
4: Sounds good to me. Yeah, let's do it. So
5: let, let's wrap it up. And then um, yeah, we'll do another one. So guys, if you, uh, you know, this is not the first time you've been on the podcast, please follow us on social media. You can find Myself and Adam, I'm at Dax Holt. Adam's at at Adam Glenn. You can follow the podcast at The Hollywood Raw. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're on everywhere. And we have our private Facebook group, uh, which is called Off the Record on Facebook, which is honestly one of the the best places to connect with us that we are on there. We're reading your comments. We're answering your questions. We're breaking news. We're watching you guys interact with each other and really become a community. So please come join us. That should be your new year's resolution to come join the off the record podcast. I'm sorry, off the record uh, Facebook group. And then uh, please head on over to iTunes, find the Hollywood raw, scroll down to the bottom, leave us a five star review. You know that is the best thing you can do for us. We love you for it. We love reading these for you guys and giving you little shout outs. So please go do that. And uh, we'll see you in a couple days with the part two of the best of 2022. All right. Thank y'all. Bye. See
2: ya. Ahura Media Production.